You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, y'all. Spooky season is here. And if you're looking for a show to whet your appetite for a little haunted history, then I'd like to invite you to check out Southern Gothic, a chart-topping history podcast that explores some of the most infamous legends, folklore, ghost stories, and hauntings of the American South. We've covered all sorts of stuff from the Bell Witch of Tennessee to the disappearance of the Confederate submarine, the H.L. Hunley, not to mention our deep dives into the local lore of some of America's oldest and most haunted cities like New Orleans, Charleston, in St. Augustine. So, if you're ready for a little good old-fashioned Halloween storytelling with a commitment to quality historical research, then be sure to check out Southern Gothic today. It's available now on all your favorite podcast apps. Have you ever wondered how those tabloid newspapers get their stories? Today on Monster Talk, we'll go behind the scenes with an insider to find out all about the Weekly World News and its most iconic recurring character, the monster child known as Bat Boy. It's actually quite unlike anything we've ever seen before. A giant hairy creature, part ape, part man. In Loch Ness, a 24-mile-long bottomless lake in the highlands of Scotland, it's a creature known as the Loch Ness Monster. Monster dog. Supermarket tabloids. Um, I remember growing up, uh, I always thought the Inquirer um, was, like the National Inquirer was a... Um, skeptical Inquirer. No, no, not the Skeptical Inquirer. <laughs> the Unskeptical Inquirer. <laughs> <laughs> because inquiring minds want to know. I, I always thought the National Inquirer was a... Um, this is the one Ben works for, right? The National Inquirer. I, I believe so. Is that right, yeah. Ben? <laughs> Well, actually, that that was, um, as I understand it, that was one of the reasons that they named it uh, the Skeptical Inquirer uh, was a little bit of a parody on the National Inquirer. So there's there's a link there, as I understand oh, it. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. History, yeah. <laughs> wow, nice history. Bam. <laughs> anyway, the National Inquirer always seemed a rather seedy uh, or an unreputable paper. Uh, when I was younger, you know, when I was a kid, kid, like preteen, uh, at some point it switched over to being, it seems like, I'm not gonna say it's reputable, but more like people. And it ran, used to run Bigfoot and UFO stories, if I remember correctly. Uh, and, and now it runs, you know, different celebrity news. Uh, but that gap, um, of, of, of paranormal stories was filled in by a, a newspaper called the Weekly World News. Uh, and another one called The Sun, which is um, uh, color. But the Weekly World News was black and white. 
And um, today we're going to be talking to someone who actually worked at the Weekly World News. So that'll be interesting. I don't think we had that in Australia. I remember the National Enquirer. I remember just being in the shopping uh, like supermarket queue and, and seeing uh, a, an article about a, a man phones his wife from the grave or something or um, you know, a woman raped by gorilla, that sort of thing. Yeah. Which you don't even really believe as a kid. <laughs> well, now, is there some reason to assume that, that uh, he is who he claims to be? I mean, this is the uh, Weekly World News after all. Have you, have you checked could, his bona fides on this? Yeah. He could yeah. be Bat Boy himself. He could be. I, it looks like Bat Boy was uh, probably uh, written by a, a stable of writers. But we'll get the answers to those questions in the interview. I met this guy at DragonCon while I was many the Skeptic magazine table. He's a comic artist, uh, among other things, but he used to work for the Weekly World News. And so we started talking, and, and he agreed to come on and answer some important questions about Bat Boy. Uh, so I, I don't want to spoil it. For, if you've if you've never seen Bat Boy, though, we'll we'll include a picture in the show notes. Uh, but Bat Boy was a um, that much I've seen. Yeah, he's a, he's an interesting uh, Photoshop type creation. I'm not actually sure how he was created because uh, this might have predated Photoshop to some extent. In the government laboratory. Oh, well, let's see. He was. Uh, it might have been in the late '90s he first appeared. Uh, I have to look. I was saying online that he was born 1990, so he's. More teenager than boy. Well, he's yeah. So he was a boy to begin with. So he must have been in the in the late nineties. Uh, About teen now. Yeah. So he's a teen now. That's funny. <laughs> he's ready to go and fight in the Gulf War. <laughs> <laughs> but not drink beer. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, as a skeptic, you know, was let me just back that up. But regardless of that, at one point, I realized. At some point, I realized. That, that this magazine was not serious. Um, <laughs> and, and, and I don't mean that it wasn't true. I mean, it literally wasn't serious. It was... Uh, so it was just like last year or something? No, it was, it was this morning. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I feel devastated to for it to take this long. Uh, no, I, I just thought it was interesting because I, I don't know what percentage of the readership was in on the joke. You know, I, I mean, how many people took the Weekly World News seriously? I assume a small number took them seriously, but I, not. I gotta assume most of the people read it as as humorous. You know, well, my guess is that uh, one of the things that they seem to do pretty effectively is mix in uh, the bullshit with the real, and that's obviously one of the ways you 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 get people to to wonder about it is you put in grains of truth um, into it, and then uh, it helps to. Helps to uh, have people believe the lies. Chunky bits of truth uh, make the whole stew seem true. Um, oh, that's a beautiful I, quote. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Your soup of lies has got a, <laughs> a beef base of truth. <laughs> no, I was going to say, they, at some point they gave up. I mean, at some point they, they seem to have really stopped trying to make it seem convincing at all. Uh, because the pictures of aliens shaking hands with Bill Clinton and um, Seems uh, true to me. <laughs> <laughs> that was Hillary. No. <laughs> <laughs> now, they had a lot of uh, Clinton Photoshop type pictures with uh, this alien who was apparently uh, involved in the government. And it, it almost seemed like it was one alien. You know, not like lots of aliens, just like there's just one alien who was doing everything. So, well, Stan Romanek and Jeff Peckman would believe that. They, it, it did seem at least up to their imp impressive standards. Uh, 
for our <laughs> listeners who don't know who that is, that's uh, the people in they're in Colorado, right? Who are try, they're trying to? Yes. Well, they did the famous or infamous uh, video of the peeping tom alien, and then uh, they're trying to get legislation passed in Colorado so that they can have an official government position uh, involved with uh, what, greeting aliens, ET yeah. commission. So. Yes, yeah, and studying them. Yeah, and who doesn't want to get right? Sort of like what that city? seems like a shovel-ready project, as, as, as they would say. <laughs> I'm not sure what they'd be shoveling, but it seems shovel-ready. Well, I yeah. think you know. <laughs> <laughs> so, Ben, what's your take on uh, supermarket tabloids? Pretty much like anyone else's, except that uh, one of the things that, that's interesting about it is that you do have um, you do have an evolving mythology. Uh, about these creatures, whether it's lake monsters or champ or Bigfoot or what have you. Um, and so in some ways, um, the, uh, the, 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 the information that you see in these tabloids is not that much different than you're going to see web- on websites about reports of, of monsters and stuff. Um, there's some slight differences, but ultimately a story is a story. So the other element to it is that uh, is that when I was looking into the origin of the chupacabra in Puerto Rico in 1995, the supermarket tabloids uh, there uh, actually played a very significant role in uh, in creating and, and putting out the, the, the chupacabra stories and uh, and descriptions and, and uh, things like that. So there was definitely a tabloid element of sensationalism uh, that helped promote the chupacabra uh, into the uh, the worldwide stage. With, with the Weekly World News in particular, I, I, I keep thinking that uh, since at one point they started publishing a little disclaimer at the front saying that this is for entertainment purposes only, I, I wonder if it's not more like The Onion um, or maybe like a precursor to The Onion, just not quite as funny. I mean, there was some very funny stuff in it if you actually opened up, got past the cover. Um, they had uh, some uh, like psychic uh, who would give advice to people and the advice was just ridiculous it was really i mean really amusingly ridiculous and they had a guy named ed anger who was uh kind of like a right-wing pundit but to the point that it was just over the top crazy uh and amusing not like not like crazy racist or crazy uh fascist just just amusing to uh it was was funny it was a very funny (laughs) there was some really funny stuff in there so so it was like the like the Blair Witch Project to begin with. This is my recollections, but it seemed like the magazine tried to be somewhat realistic, and it seemed like they were running stories, and the, all the stories seemed to take place overseas. It was the Weekly World News, and you you wouldn't necessarily mm. bother to check the facts on a story that was in you know uh, Sri Lanka, Colombia, you know places that that for you it, it might not be easy to get to. And I shouldn't say Colombia because we probably have listeners in Colombia. <laughs> I just more remote places than the uh, the average American reader would see. Uh, but these are still the kinds of stories that you see in uh, American media today. You'll you'll get sort of secondhand stories, and they're they're translated from other languages, and there's no evidence to support. The oh stories. yeah, and they still run these kind of stories uh, legitimately as, as fact, fact in in other magazines. Uh, as far as I know, the National Enquirer still does these little bits, like you know, from around the world. Uh, you know, a, a girl, you know, survives a fall from 20,000 feet or something ridiculous, you know, you know, and then you go and you read the story and say, well, maybe she did, maybe she didn't. Or someone lived on the outside of an airplane all the way from one city to another. Maybe that really happened. Maybe it didn't. It's hard to check the facts. Uh, 
yeah, like there was that story of that woman in Croatia or a teenage girl. She was 13 and uh, I remember that she story, it? awoke from a, a coma and couldn't speak Croatian any longer. She could only speak German. Um, and so it was in a glossier and uh, she'd only just begun learning that in school. and wasn't fluent until that point. So, and exactly, but it, the way the story was written, it seemed more like she had miraculously learned to speak a new language. Exactly. Yeah. She just woke up and was suddenly fluent in another language that she'd never had uh, exposure to. You can't keep credulity out of the market as a selling point. I mean, people people certainly use credulity or, or lack of critical thinking in everything. I mean, you know, how many commercials, you know, if you think through, there's a huge logical fallacy in the commercial, but they're selling the product with it. Yeah, I, I think that's you know pretty standard in, in journalism in general. Is there's the, the the tendency to sensationalize anything, whether it's CNN or ABC News or Fox. Um, you know, people editors know that people want to read attention grabbing headlines, and so even if it sort of stretches the truth a little bit or if it's not quite true, um, you know, as long as they can sort of qualify it uh, in the in the you know in the story itself, they're happy to do that. I find myself not shaking my fist at the Weekly World News. I, I, I'm amused by it. It's gone. It's out of business now, but it, it amused me. I used to have friends send articles to me uh, that they'd cut out that thought they thought were funny. Um, and it just, it's just, it was, it was just a funny magazine. Monster Dog. So today we're going to interview uh, writer and webcomic author Ty Bordoni. Ty's the creator of the online comic The Lighter Side of Sci-Fi and has had his comics published in Cracked Magazine, Sci-Fi Magazine, and Star Trek Magazine. And before all that, he worked at one of the most astonishing media outlets in American history, <laughs> The Weekly World News. I never heard it put quite that way, but I would agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> so for our listeners who might not know, what was The Weekly World News and how did you get involved with it? Um, the, the weekly world news, um, it's a shame that it's, that it's gone. Although I think they still have a, a bit of an online presence and I want to say perhaps it's the sun that still carries some weekly world news magazines, which was one of its sister magazines. But the, the weekly world news was, uh, the, the place where, um, individuals who were interested in, you know, uh, the paranormal and just kind of wacky off the, off-the-cuff uh, stories that you couldn't get in mainstream media. Um, it was a black and white, and it was one of the tabloids. It was part of America media. Um, and so, you know, they would put on everything from Bigfoot sightings to the Loch Ness, aliens, um, uh, any, all kinds of things. I, <laughs> that's just scratching the surface. But they were around for quite some time, um, and uh, it was, I think, very well known for the, the home of Bat Boy as well. So in the later years of the Weekly World News, uh, the the magazine explicitly admitted that it was an entertainment publication. Do you think mm -hmm. that the readers actually got this? <laughs> um, I think I think some do did and, and and some didn't. And and the reason I I say that is because um, one of the favorite my favorite pastimes, if you will, at the Weekly World News was was um, sitting at the receptionist's desk. And answering phones. That must have been um, interesting. I, I would love doing it. It was very interesting because <laughs> just because of the kinds of calls that would come in, and and uh, I, I handled them very professionally, and I, I took the calls uh, uh, as real as I possibly could. And when I, you know, so I mean, I I I'd listened 
intently and and I handled every single one with the, the utmost professionalism that I absolutely could but I heard some whoppers I got to tell you um and but by the same token I also you know met through the phone uh, spoke with individuals who absolutely believed every single word uh, of the weekly world news and you know I, I would tell you on any given week maybe 30 to 40 percent or so of the stories were true and the rest um, uh, were, were entertainment um, and some folks do this in, inherently and just loved the weekly world news or enjoyed reading it from time to time and some didn't uh, I, I can think of one thing in particular that that comes to mind and and this was about a story that that uh, was entertainment and, and it had to do with a preacher who could heal you by, and uh, forgive me if this offends anyone, by urinating on that affected uh, portion of your body. I think I've awesome. heard of that person. <laughs> I think I saw a video. <laughs> I probably did. Well, in any regard, I got quite a few calls of individuals <laughs> trying to get in contact um. with, with this preacher. And, and this is where it turned a little tough for me because it wasn't your ordinary they weren't that week or or the weekend, the kind of two weeks, I believe, you know, as I recall, were a little tough, not just for me, because I only did it, you know, I, I used to eat my lunch at her desk. It was just a pastime of mine, but she was the one who caught the brunt of it. And for those few weeks or whenever she got a tough one, she'd give it to me. Um, but these were folks with uh, terminal illnesses, a couple of them. Mm. calling to contact this individual. Now, that's where it got tough because my heart went out to them, but I was not allowed to say that that particular story was entertainment. Right, because you when, you, when, you, when you're so sick that having someone pee on you is your last hope, you're in trouble. Yeah. True, but, but, but also imagine um, they, were, they had nowhere else to turn, and I, I can remember one lady crying over the phone and and my gosh you know yes it's entertainment but when it gets to that when when that happens you, you you're at a lot and i'm a real sensitive guy you know yeah uh, I'm, I'm creative but i'm also you know uh, that was probably the hardest thing so to get back to the original question a lot of folks knew that it was entertainment and a lot of folks they didn't you know and and i guess that's what the appeal was i think during the 80s when dick culpa he he was the the managing editor for a long long time and he was also the publisher of Cracked Magazine. That's how I became involved with Weekly World News. Um, he, when, when, he was, when, when the Weekly World News was at its height of popularity, I mean, I think they were close to a million copies a week. And that's a lot. Um, so I'm sure a lot of them were enjoying our stories. But I'm sure a lot of them were believing it because by the same token, there were stories in there that were as true as we could uncover them. Um, uh, so, you know, where do you turn to when, uh, you want to read about the paranormal or UFOs, for instance, some of our, I mean, I, I, I uncovered uh, a few leads that when I talk to the individuals and I'm a skeptical guy, but when I talk to the individuals, you know what, I believed them. I believed at the very least that they believed in the story. Um, and, and those we're dealing specifically, what I'm thinking about now, is we're, we're UFOs. Um, as a matter of fact, specifically, this one story that I'm thinking about, this gentleman claimed to have been abducted by aliens at a very young age, and 
they imbued him with the ability to understand computer language. And the man never graduated high school, but he was a very high-paid, well-established computer programmer. And to listen to the man, and he, he sounded like he knew what he was talking about, he would talk what seemed to me just off the cuff in ways that the established, you know, UFO kind of speech of grays and what have you goes. So, <clears throat> sound like he knew what he was talking about. So, in that case, I would say that that's based on a true-ish story, you know, at least according to him. So, I don't know if I digressed a little bit there. <laughs> no, no, in fact, I was going to ask you about that. I mean, you said that, you know, there was uh, at least a little, some measure of investigative journalism. Mm -hmm. um, did you do you consider yourselves to be investigative journalists? Did you all do any of that, or what? To, to well, what extent was there any investigation? That's a that's a, a great question. Um, let me go back to this story that I was just telling you about because I think it's a perfect example. Um, it just so happens that while I'm sitting there, this man's wife called. She called about herself. Apparently, she had. Gosh, I want to try and get it right, but she had died 20-some-odd times. Um, and the doctors had given her X amount of time to live, and she had far surpassed it and had been brought back to life many, 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 many times. I thought it was quite interesting. In the context, and, and we subsequently wrote a story about her, as I recall. In the context of talking to her, <clears throat> her husband's experience came up. Now, the first thing I thought was, oh, okay, come on, how can... It sounds a little suspect. But the more I listened, the more, I, at least I do have an open mind. And as everybody at the Weekly World News, you would have to say, had a very open mind. Um, and, and so I found that story intriguing. I, I, Dick Culpa was there at the time. I told him about it. He thought it was a great story. He said, let's run with it. So um, uh, one of my jobs at the Weekly World News was coming up with leads. And, and so I would come up with leads in a few different ways. One of them was um, you, every day somebody would walk by each of the different desks, and there was the Inquirer, the, the Sun, the, uh, the Weekly World News, and then there's two others, that, that the Star, and then there was, the Star had, this was before the Star moved to New York. Um, uh, and so what you would do was you would flip through the, just looking for any story that grabbed your attention <clears throat> from 20-some-odd different papers from around the world. So that was one way that we would get really wacky stories. <clears throat> the other was, uh, well, one of the others was phone calls. Folks would call in all the time. And they would, you know, I've, I've talked to people who were illegitimate children of Elvis. I've talked to many alien abductees. I've spoken to uh, lovers of Bigfoot. You know, and when I say lovers, I mean folks who have had intimate relations with Bigfoot. So that was one of the ways we also got stories. So in this particular case, I thought it was a great story. Um, and I believed that he at least believed the story. And so uh, it got approved, and uh, then it would get assigned to uh, one of the writers. The writer called the gentleman for an interview, did an interview, and then the story appeared. And and it was it appeared there was not we didn't change anything. You know we didn't need to in this case. Um, so uh, many oftentimes you know the saying you can't make some stuff up. Uh, you know it was just so either well thought out or true 
that you know sometimes the the story wrote itself uh, from the from the mouth of the person who was telling the story so that's just one example of uh, a, a wacky story that i can't say is is not true you know <laughs> well obviously you know we're we're big skeptics and, and like to see uh, lots lots of evidence <laughs> I was now, but at some point, the Weekly World News started putting a disclaimer in the front saying they were entertainment publication. Mm-hmm. So, so what happened? Did something happen that made that become part of it? Or you know, I think uh, I'm a lawyer now. I wasn't then, and um, we used to have as you walked in from the front and, and the, the home offices, and they're still there, as I believe, it, as I understand it, um, are in Boca. Uh, and um, when you walked in, there was human resources on the left and a couple of other administrative offices. And then there was this long corridor of uh, lawyers whose job it was to read every single page that we, put, that we and every other magazine um, put out. And so uh, while I don't have the inside scoop as to why that happened, I would probably tell you that they had something to do with it. You know, but um, there in the time that I was there, nothing happened that was of of, imp, of any kind of importance that makes me remember why they would have done that. So I can only assume, you know, maybe somebody sued them and <laughs> they put that disclaimer there. But but as a lawyer, it sounds like a legal disclaimer to me. But I don't have the inside skinny on that. I'm sorry. <laughs> so you you never had any lawsuits that you were aware Many. of? Many, sure, tons of lawsuits. <laughs> Tons, but, but those lawsuits, for instance, um, the one I can think of one that uh, was an honest mistake. Um, a lady's photo was used, and we didn't have permission to use her photo, so she sued. Um, and the context with which uh, she was portrayed wasn't, uh, in her opinion, um, uh, wasn't true. So you know, I think she sued us for for libel. Um, and then uh, other folks, you know, would would sue for for similar things, as I, I as I recall. That's the only one that really stands out in my mind. I know the Inquirer and all the other rags; they were getting sued all the time. Um, for us, it was a little different, you know. I mean, gray aliens don't necessarily bring suit <laughs> yeah. on Earth, anyway. Maybe in another part of the galaxy, but 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 not against the Weekly World News. Um, but I, I do know that we would get sued from time to time, but, you know, they, they, they wouldn't tell us a lot of stuff on, on things like that. Things would just change. You know, from now on, when you take a photo, it has to be done that when you use a photo, it would have to be done this way. I can remember that stemming from some kind of lawsuit, as I recall. Um, new guidelines on using photos and new guidelines on, on the way we would say a source um, uh, came about something. But we wouldn't get too many specifics unless we were asked about them, you know. That seems like a very innocuous thing to be sued for, for all of the things you were publishing. <laughs> it does. But imagine if you, uh, if, if you saw your picture in the magazine and, mm. you know, it wasn't the case. I'm not saying whether it was or not. I, you know, I, I, I couldn't say. But, um, you know, she got offended <laughs> and she sued. <laughs> so it happened. You know, in the, in the long history of the Weekly Word News, there's been uh, uh, several recurring monsters that have been on the covers and big stories right. about them, including, you know, the, the aliens, uh, Bat Boy. Who created these characters or, or are they real? Um, you mentioned Bat Boy, so let me let me talk about Bat Boy then. Um, I would tell you that Bat Boy was the brainchild of Dick Culpa, and, and there were pictures of Bat Boy. 
And some of those pictures, I know for a fact, um, uh, the body came from one of the production guys who just happened to have the kind of body type that we thought Bat Boy would would have. Pale and wings. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> lanky and, well, you know, the the, <laughs> the ears and the wings were, I think, were added to oh, Photoshop. <laughs> but, but, and I, I, I can't tell you how Dick Culpa would answer this officially, but I will say that, because I knew Dick as well. He's a, just, he was a wonderful guy, and, and he had a, a passion for the Week of Real News. He said that Bat Boy came from a real-ish kind of, you know, mutant or something, if you will. Um, I never saw that mutant. I never talked to that mutant on the phone. I never saw a photo of that mutant. Or whatever you would want to call Bat Boy, freak of nature, what have you. The Bat Boy that was seen... Uh, Image-wise, on the Weekly World News, that bad boy, uh, we made him, you know. Um, and we had great artists and, and, and digital artists on, um, on staff. But where Bat Boy came from, the impetus for Bat Boy, I think in part may either be urban myth or something in Dick Culpa's travels that he came across, but then uh, Bat Boy became stylized and uh, became one of the more popular characters in the Weekly World News. But he wasn't an early character, as I recall. I mean, I think Bat Boy, you know, was kind of towards the either middle or, or late end of the Weekly World News run. Uh, you know, I think he was there a few years before I got there. So speaking specifically about Bat Boy, largely the brainchild of Dick Culpa, but there is some level of truth to what made him create Bat Boy. I don't know if I, I don't think I could get any more clearer on that. I, I know it's not clear, but um, as I understand it, Bat, there's some truth to Bat Boy. I can't tell you what that truth is. I don't know. Dick Culpa would be the guy to tell you about, specifically about Bat Boy. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, I'm Paul Giamatti. And I'm Stephen Asma. Each week on Chinwag, we dig into the weird topics you wonder about, that you care about. The stuff none of us are totally sure of, like the Bermuda Triangle, Mothman, consciousness, philosophy, UFOs, ghosts, or say Bigfoot. So who's to say that there's not alien species that are Sasquatch? Like I've seen a ghost, and I would hear something walking and breathing. Maybe every path is right. I will accept as a premise that every path is right. That is a face on Mars. Eyes, nose. It kind of looked like Wilson the volleyball. Some people enjoy the waves or whatever uh, crashing, and I enjoy listening to a quantum physics audiobook. I do think there are many things in the world that we just don't understand yeah. and probably won't understand. That's our yeah. whole show. <laughs> so join us every Wednesday on all major podcast platforms and find us on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter at ChinwagPod and Wagon. Now, the stories that I reported on, with, and when I say reported on, I was not a reporter. Um, I would uncover leads for the Weekly World News. That was one of my jobs. 
And so those leads that I uncovered with respect to Bad Boy were totally fabricated. I, you know, um, some of the leads I would come up with um, based on some kind of source, and some of the leads I would just watch the news. And if I saw an interesting headline, um, I would uh, take out one of the names and and put in either vampire, mutant, you know, freak, or you know, alien. Uh, and you know, one of them would fit better than the other. So some stories were, are based on, based on truth, and some stories were just you know, creativity gone amok, if you will. He's got kind of an, an elaborate backstory. Uh, Bat Boy. Yeah, Bat Boy. He's got like this, like what, like human Dr. Ron Dillon who manages him or watches after him or cares about <laughs> studies him or whatever. And, and he, he, he's spotted all over the place. He, he's, all over the place. Yeah. yeah. He, he, sometimes he's riding on top of the subways. He's living in. Uh, <laughs> he's living in tunnels. He's. I think uh, he's he's backed political candidates. Uh, he has. <laughs> yeah. He's also he also worked with um, special ops in the Iraq War, as I recall. There you go. He, yeah. He 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 was uh, helping fight against insurgents. As I re- as as I re- as the lead that I uncovered, <laughs> so to speak, the few I uncovered, he helped eradicate some vampire nests as well in the United States, because there were ongoing vampire wars while I was there. I don't know if those wars are still ongoing or not. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll dispatch a reporter. <laughs> so, so uh, was he in trouble for? Uh, to, you know, I guess he is more of a, a regular bat, though not a vampire bat, right? So, bat boy. Yeah, I don't. I, you know, I, it, it's so funny when you got when you brought that backstory up about his keeper and what have you. I hadn't thought about that in years, and I did recall. I do recall something like that now. But um, you know, I think the only thing I can remember about Bat Boy was just all the different exploits that that he would go through. Um, something about Bat Boy clicked with the with the public. You know, they liked Bat Boy, and and as I think about it now, I think a Broadway show or not Broadway, excuse me, but um, in London there's in the equivalent of Broadway, and they had a run of some kind of uh, Bat Boy the musical. And uh, Bat Boy the Musical has been in the United States as well, I believe. Um, there was a comic as well. So, you know, something about Bat Boy kind of uh, is intriguing to, to folks from, I, I can only assume from an entertainment perspective. Um, but uh, also something else about Bat Boy uh, did resonate with folks. And, um, you know, it resonated with Dick Culpa, and he got it from somewhere, so... There, there, there's something about Bat Boy that folks liked, and so I, you know, I can't tell. I'm trying to be, uh, I'm trying to think a little more, and I can't to be quite honest with you. Well, you, you had a character named Matthew Damon, seeker of obscure supernaturals. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> he was, uh, I guess, he had a lot of encounters with Bat Boy. Who, who was Matthew Damon? Is that, uh, you know, a lot of, um, a lot of the, some of those reporters were fictional reporters. Um, I, I believe that that reporter, uh, as well as Blake, when when we spoke, Ed Anger, Ed Anger, remember you you mentioned Ed Anger when we spoke. 
Um, Ed Anger was also a fictional reporter. He wasn't actually a real person. I he, forget the name. He's more than a real person. He's <laughs> <laughs> he's an angry kind of real person. But no, it was just someone who who one of one of the writers. Um, I think it was one person who did Ed Anger, but it may have been more than one. You know, um, uh, you know, you were assigned the story leads, and if uh, if it was a story based on on truth. Then you called and you did some kind of investigative journalism. If uh, if it was not, if it was an entertainment story, you made it up. And then your editor, <laughs> your editor, um, you know, took out his red pen and crossed this out, crossed that out, and then uh, you'd submit it to the to the attorneys, and they would cross this out, <laughs> cross that out, and then uh, you'd get the the final version. Yeah, for the fictionalized. Right. Right. Of, versions for the others a lot of times they were largely untouched because we, they really did come from a source um and you know you can go with those so hmm, i've never heard of a publication that relied so much on its lawyers <laughs> well legal but, department. But, but think about it um uh the, the the weekly world news was under the umbrella of america media incorporated america media incorporated is the home of the inquirer is the home of, and so the pop, I mean, paparazzi, uh, uh, who, who pays their bills? You know, the Star, the Inquirer, and then now all the other, In Touch and all the others. But um, if you ever read those stories, uh, it doesn't say so and so said that they saw so and so, Madonna do this or whomever. It says a source. And mm -hmm. so you had to be very, you have to be very careful when you're, there's more leeway. When you when you when you have a source, you don't necessarily have to uh, divulge the, the the name of that source. Um, but nonetheless, because of the nature of whispers and innuendos and gossip inherent in the tabloid industry, you have to have lawyers who are saying, "Okay, we can say this. We can't say this. You can say this. Don't say this." So that's what that's what their job was. So uh, you know, at first when I got there, I was like, "My God, what do what do they need lawyers for?" And then when you work there for a little while, you realize, oh, yeah, they definitely need lawyers. They were always getting sued, you know. And, and a lot of celebrities, let's just talk about celebrities, one. I um, speaking about the paparazzi, did Matt Damon, the actor, ever complain about this Matthew Damon, this alter ego? <laughs> <laughs> not, that I no, no, I, not that I know of. Um, what's the alter ego name again? I don't even to be Matthew honest Damon. With you, yeah, Matthew Damon. I don't remember his, his, his name Damon. so much. Forgive me. Yeah, it's Matthew Damon, Seeker of Obscure Supernaturals. <laughs> or Matthew Damon, SOS. Uh, I don't re uh, Forgive me. Uh, you, I guess you would think that I would remember that guy. I don't, no, I, I don't remember that one. I, most people just remember Bat Boy and the Alien. That's the two covers that come to mind, I think. When you, yeah, yeah, I think. Shaking I think hands so. with Bill Clinton. Well, did That's any right. other real life I got that T-shirt, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> you want to hear a great story about that, by the way? Sure. His, that alien's name was, I believe it was something like Plog or something like that, okay? <laughs> and, and whomever, now here's something weird. Whoever that alien backed won, by the way. Okay. Okay. <laughs> weird. It, just, uh, it is what it is. You can go check. Whoever that alien backed wound up winning. Now, now um, there was a story. <laughs> he was some kind of ambassador from one of the uh, one of the alien worlds that uh, that apparently we you know are very in tune and in touch with. And 
um, he uh, had an affair with Hillary Clinton, okay? And apparently, Bill Clinton and uh, this alien got into a fist fight. And, um, you know, on the cover of one of the magazines, you will see Bill, you know, with a black eye. Obviously, we would have the magazines a week or two in advance, right? And so um, I had a, the magazine uh, where Hillary was on the cover with the alien. So I knew she was going to be on uh, The Tonight Show. I sent uh, uh, a copy to The Tonight Show saying, you know, I just thought it was fun. So turns out uh, Jay Leno, he brings it up. Uh, he goes, look, I, I've got to ask you about this because everybody's talking about it. And he pulls out the <laughs> Weekly World News on TV, and, and he says, you know, can you comment t to this? And she looks at it, and she laughs. And she said, you know, I took him to one state dinner, and they make all this fuss. <laughs> and it was funny, and it was really funny. And, and, I've, and, and Jay Leno was kind enough to sign a copy and send it back to me, which I have framed. Um, but, you know, I, I'll say no more on that. Either she was being facetious and she was going with it or she took him to a state dinner and I don't know if something happened. I mean, obviously that was, <laughs> uh, you know, obviously that was probably an entertainment wise story. But that's one of my favorite stories, you know, because on TV she said, I took him to one state dinner. So I just thought that was really fun. Actually. That's a great story. Interestingly, though, um, she, I sent her off with that signed copy by Jay Leno. I wanted it signed by both. It got returned without a signature. I don't know why. <laughs> oh. That would have been great, though, wouldn't it? Have? Well, Bill doesn't like being yeah. reminded. So. <laughs> <laughs> I never thought about that. That must be it. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever get complaints from any other real-life people? I mean, obviously, Hillary didn't complain. She no, no, that's to us, anyway. Yeah. Uh, complaints from any real life people. Well, that lady I told you about who didn't who didn't agree with her photo. Oh yeah, <laughs> that yeah. kind of thing would happen from time to time. But famous folks, you know, I, the Weekly World News wasn't didn't use famous folks, you know, in that regard. I can't remember stories involving famous. No, it was people who were so famous are in the public domain, basically, right? Yeah, yeah. I, 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 not that I can recall. No, I, they, you know, all the stories were of. You know, just uh, urban myth kind of thing, or aliens, or angels, and, and, and something of that nature. Now, I'm sorry, they did use politicians quite a bit. Bush was always in there. Bin Laden was always in there. Saddam Hussein, Clinton, uh, Hillary, obviously. And no, not that, that I can recall, we never got any flack uh, from you know the political side of, of, of famous folks. But I think... You know, that that would have been the least of their worries. You know, no one really would have put stock into that kind of thing. I would think, but, <laughs> you know, that's just me. So do you have any, uh, are there any favorite or especially outlandish uh, or memorable storylines involving lake monsters or Bigfoot that were covered? E oh, sure. There were, there were tons. Um, I, I, one of my favorite is, I, I actually have the mug, because there were some, there were some great little, uh, uh, things that like t-shirts or, or what have you that I would keep just as mementos and, and one of them is you know when they actually found photos real photos of the Loch Ness Monster I think we were one of the first 
to uncover real photos of the Loch Ness Monster. So that one stood in my mind just because there was so much response to that. I mean, people were calling quite a bit for those photos. Um, they weren't real photos. <laughs> um, but, but, you had, but just to be clear, I mean, you had people who believed they were real photos and contacted you wanted to see them. Absolutely. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. They looked good. <laughs> you know, they <laughs> Too good. <laughs> Too good to be true. Um, uh, Bigfoot. Uh, Bigfoot uh, prostitutes was a, a popular story, as I recall, that were being frequented by, pol- by, by politicians. Yeah, Bigfoot prostitutes. <laughs> the, that just one that sticks out in my mind. I'm sorry. I don't mean to, you know, I'm, I'm not, you know. <laughs> Um, many stories about uh, uh, people encountering Bigfoot, um, uh, where Bigfoot was living, uh, people domesticating Bigfoots, you know, things of that nature. It was a popular subject. Bigfoot was in the magazine at least, you know, four or five times a month, I would think, <laughs> you know. Um, and, uh, you know, I, when I was coming up with leads, I always used Bigfoot. You know, Bigfoot aliens, Bigfoot. You kind of vampires. You kind of can't go wrong, you know, <laughs> with those kinds of stories. Um, well, some of them were reported on as true, and most of them were made up. I was just going to ask, why do you think that uh, Bigfoot was so popular? Was it just because you were writing good stories, or just the Bigfoot is inherently interesting? No, I, I, yeah, I think, think I think Bigfoot. I mean, uh, who hasn't seen the uh, Leonard Nimoy in search of Bigfoot? You know, I remember that one in search of that that, that oh, yeah. show that um, I was intrigued as a child. I was always intrigued by Bigfoot. I, I think Bigfoot is one of those urban myths that um, people would like to believe in, you know, or at least it's fun to listen to. Um, and I think we played off of that. You know, uh, uh, Bigfoot was was definitely one of the more popular ones. Bat Boy was one of the more popular ones. Um, and I enjoyed talking to folks on the phone who said that you know they were that they were a lover of Bigfoot or that they had seen Bigfoot. I, and I would take down their in you know their, their story as best I could and pass it on. But they were some folks really either they're very good liars or they absolutely believe that they saw or encountered a Bigfoot. I mean, it's one of those stories that just has play in it and and continues to. I mean, I've. Since my time at the Weekly World News, I've seen other Bigfoot stories in other places other than the Weekly World News. So, you know, Bigfoot is one of those stories, as is the Loch Ness Monster, right, that um, some people claim to be true. Um, I have come across, uh, at my time at the, at the Weekly World News, you know, we also would, would, not only would we talk to folks who said they saw it, but we would talk to folks who were trying to debunk these things. And so I'd seen plenty of evidence, like, for instance, I think everyone by this point has seen the evidence of, you know, those big foot footprints and the individuals who used to run through the woods with these big feet on, you know, leaving Bigfoot imprints all over the place. Another one would be um, crop circles. There are, there is the, the side of the, uh, of, of this story that says that crop circles are absolutely real. And they will give you compelling evidence as to why crop circles uh, um, are some kind of evidence of extraterrestrial visitation on Earth. And there are other individuals who, and I've seen videos of how they make these crop circles. And so then I can see how it is 
fake. And by the same token, however, there's a part of me, even me, and I'm as skeptical as the next guy, if not more so, who kind of still wonders, you know, and, and I said to myself, but, but what if I still watch the thing, you know, I'll, you know, you know um, uh, another compelling one that we had done a few stories on would be the chariot of the gods that, um, that we are descendant of, of some kind of alien intervention way back when. There are some compelling finds that would make one have to ask. Uh, ancient batteries, for instance. Uh, 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 when, you're, when you're up in the sky and, and, and you look down on, you know what I'm talking about. The plains of Nazca. Mm-hmm. Ex- ex- exactly, those kinds of things. I mean, I'm hard-pressed to, to see how an ancient people could have done something like that. I, I will send but, you a book. <laughs> <laughs> but by the same token, I don't believe it. You know, I'm, but, you know, I'd like to. I'd like to. Oh, now, it's by the wonder. Th- yeah, yeah. The Sumerians, apparently, if you uh, – now, no one really talks about the Sumerians, and I didn't really have a class on Sumerian culture uh, in college, and I was a philosophy undergrad major, so I, we went into some heady stuff. No one ever talked about the Sumerians. But – uh, because of my time at the Weekly World News and because of other individuals or things I've come across, apparently in the Sumerian uh, religion and culture, there are references uh, quite abundant to alien forefathers. I don't know how that would be the case, and I don't know. Uh, that sounds quite compelling to me, you know, that they would just come up with that, these ancient, in some ways, ignorant people, and when I say ignorant, I don't mean they were stupid, but of course I just mean they didn't know what we know, mm-hmm. to come up with alien forefathers. Um, Native American cultures, you know, believed that um, um, uh, that there were sky people. Uh, but wait, and, h- how do you know the Sumerians weren't running their own version of the Weekly World News? <laughs> I love it. I'm like, I'm like a stone tablets, right? Like Fred right. Flintstone. Like, I love it. I, I, you're right. You know, they might very well could have been. There could have been a guy just like me who was just... That's right. It's like, we're making one up. We're doing away. a real news story. Just make one up. Okay. We're from outer space, guys. It worked for the Weekly World News. I don't see why it wouldn't have worked for them as well. That's right. <laughs> they showed Moses meeting aliens or something. <laughs> That's a great story, you see. You yeah. could have <laughs> They probably would have picked that one up, you know. Let me ask this question. When you, when you look at the success of online satirical papers like The Onion, do, do you think Weekly World News was ahead of its time? Wow, ahead of its time? I, I mean, if it was selling a million copies a week, maybe it wasn't ahead of its time. <laughs> no, it was. Well, at a million copies a week, it was very successful. And it lasted a, a long, long time. That paper made some money. Um, I, you know, ahead of its time, or was it um, just satisfying an appetite that was out there for that kind of stuff that I, I would tell you still exists? You know, um, the onion's a lot of fun, though. I enjoy the onion. Um, I, I think that they're a little bit like we do news, and I think they're a lot like themselves. I think that, um, you know, Dick Culpa had a lot to do with creating a name brand that was successful. You know, he knew how to do, he knew publishing, he knew satire and you know he married the two and well he and of course um i forget the gentleman's name the guy who owns the american media incorporated um uh, you know be- between them and whoever whoever else was working with them at the time they they created a a paper that that um worked uh, ahead of its time i you know i i i, I don't know if i don't know 
I, I don't know if I can answer that. It was it, it was fun. A lot of people loved the paper, uh, but I don't know if it was ahead of its time. I just I don't want to give I don't want to give you know it because by the same token we were just entertainment you know and you know when it's kind of after a while I was there for a little less than three years I think. Um, you know, it was a lot of fun. The, the thing I loved most about it was uh, it was very creative, you know, and uh, and I was on the newsroom floor, and, and it's a, a, the place is full of buzz, and news is on, and every, they had TVs and, uh, and uh, all the uh, intermittent columns. There was always a TV running some different news channel, and, there, and, and it was just exciting, and, and, and people were hustling and bustling, and, and, you, and, you, and you saw the newspaper, all the newspapers, you know, weeks before, well, a week or so, before they came out, and, and you'd see important people, you know, Sylvester Stallone was apparently friends, and, you know, I saw him walk through once, and, <clears throat> you know, and, and some weird stuff happened there, too, so it was a really fun place, um, and I think uh, I spoke to many folks who would call up and, and just want to come in to the Weekly World News for a tour. And I loved doing that too. I just loved doing that, and and I was really good at it too, just for nothing, for, for no other reason. And the folks just loved being there. So I think they were fans, you know, the real fans of of the magazines. Like anyone would be a fan of of uh, you know some kind of entertainment. I'm a huge Trekkie, you know, and so whenever I've I've gotten a chance to to meet uh, you know some of those celebrities, you know, I, I'm kind of starstruck by it. And so I've met individuals who came to visit the Weekly World News. Um, who thought that they were the luckiest people on earth for being allowed to come visit, you know, the hallowed halls of the Weekly World News. So what happens to the Weekly World News in mm. the end? I think um, they no longer had a million readers a week. By the time I left, uh, if they broke 100,000, it was a good week. And um, around the middle of my stay is when you started hearing the rumors. And um, those were those were those were tough. Uh, from the perspective of just working for American Media Incorporated, um, while it was a lot of fun, it uh, was was tough sometimes because there would be these we'd call them. The one I remember is Black Thursday, and, and that's just when you know you'd come in and, and you'd find out that forty people lost their job. So. Um, I'm trying to remember his name. I can't remember the, the, the CEO's name. But, you know, they would make those kinds of drastic cuts sometimes. And it was ugly. And, and, and they would just do it. And they were known for doing that. And uh, as I understand it, that happened one day at the Weekly World News. But this was, by, this was when the Weekly World News was in New York is when it happened. The star moved from Boca, from Florida to New York. If you remember when the star used to be just regular newsprint and then it went to being very glossy, that's when they moved from Florida to New York. Um, likewise, uh, uh, the Weekly World News went to that same office, and they just never were able to bring their numbers back up. So, you know, I guess readers stopped believing it, or it just it, it wasn't um, the phenomenon that it once was. And, uh, you know, numbers, uh, in my opinion, were uh, the acts that fell on the Weekly World News. They just didn't have good numbers anymore. And it was probably too expensive to, you know, to, to, to keep it up. So, just go ahead. I was just say, where, where is Bad Boy now? I mean, uh, since, uh, is, his, is his saga continuing, or uh, what's, what's he up to? You know, he's bad. He's bad about keeping up with folks. You know, <laughs> he said he'd write, and, and I haven't gotten a Christmas card from him or anything like that. Uh. But... 
there was a book that was published fairly recently and had Batboy on the cover and it chronicled, you know, a lot of his stories. Um, I think Batboy the musical may still be out there in some form, but well, let me go back. I think the last time I actually saw Batboy was IDW is an independent comic book and they did a miniseries and this was just a few months ago. Um, and Batboy was one of the featured, uh, uh, you know, monsters, so to speak. I think they went, they took like all the favorites from Wicked Wood News and, and they, you know, satirized them. Um, and there was a comic series as well. But I, I don't, uh, unless the, they're doing some more Batboy stories in the Wicked Wood News, I think he may be on hiatus, you know, doing his things uh, and, and no one is, um, no one is uh, keeping tabs on him or reporting on him right now question we ask all of our guests or try to anyway um what's your personal favorite monster oh zombies i love zombies Mm. (laughs) i love a good zombie story i came up with and uncovered a few very juicy zombie stories for the weekly world news um there are folks who will tell you zombies are real i don't believe they're real i think they're just uh something that sprouted out of the mind of george romero and others like him from a from a, a horror perspective, I love zombies. I love The Walking Dead. I'm looking forward to its series premiere on Halloween night. That's in Georgia, right? That's <laughs> they're, yeah. They're, they're filming it in Georgia, and it takes place in in Atlanta and right outside. And and I had a buddy who was a stuntman who worked on it, and and he was real tight lipped about it. But it looks absolutely phenomenal. But that's my favorite kind of monster. Vampires are probably. A close second. They were always quite popular at the Weekly World News Vampires. When I was there, I reported on, uh, I mentioned the Vampire Wars. And apparently, uh, uh, President, the second President Bush, uh, really had it out for them. And, and, and he had some very secret government organizations doing their best to eradicate the, the vampire menace in the United States. I don't know how successful they were when I left. <laughs> He probably thought they were Muslim. I, I'm sure it was his, some of his best work. <laughs> potentially, potentially. Um, but Bigfoot was a lot of fun. I, I enjoyed Bigfoot, and uh, um, Elvis was ever present. He's not a monster, I know. But he became one. He, he, in a way, isn't that the truth? In a way, he kind of did become one, because um, there were always sightings of. Uh, I think the last time I saw a, a story on Elvis was he was um, eating peanut butter and bacon sandwiches in Hawaii and surfing. Uh, you know, he's still alive. Last. Yeah. What was that? He's still alive. He's still alive. Yeah. There are people who will vehemently, you know, tell you that he is still alive. But, because so, his middle you know, name is misspelt on his tomb. Is it really? <laughs> That's why. You know, you would think I would have known that, right? He maintains his youth by making love to Bigfoot whores. (laughs) (laughs) Another very good story. (laughs) A lot of people don't know that. (laughs) Uh, No, no. You got me by surprise on that one, too, and it takes a lot to surprise me. (laughs) That's a pretty good story. I like it. (laughs) My favorite one that I uncovered that is, if you go on the Weekly World News site, you can buy postcards. It's, uh, It's a greeting card, rather. And it became a greeting card. Was um, uh, you know one of the aliens from Roswell? Well, it's actually two stories. Um, an old alien, uh, you know, he after Roswell, he he was working for the U.S. government, and then you know he retired, and he tried to collect Social Security benefits, and they refused him. Um, and that was one story. 
and then uh, the other was um, the the U.S. gave reparations to uh, you know the fam the alien families of those that were mutilated and experimented on at Roswell. <laughs> nice. Both of those uh, of those leads uh, were my exclusive. Uh, awesome. Oh. <laughs> well done, sir. Well done. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I dug deep on those. Let me tell you. I, you know, I deep throat and all those kinds of folks. So it was, it was, those were tough. I was a little scared when the windows came to light, but it worked out. Follow the alien money. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, Ty, thank you so much for spending an hour with us today. I appreciate it. Oh, it was a, it was, it was a pleasure. And I hope that uh, you and your readers will also visit me online with my sci-fi cartoons. I'm a science fiction cartoonist. And it's the lighter side of sci-fi. I'm I'm, I'm horrible <laughs> marketer. Forgive me. No, but I think you know if people <laughs> like that kind of stuff, they'll like. They, you know they like sci-fi. They probably we'll, like sci-fi. We'll link, we'll link to it in the show notes. I appreciate it, and I had such a wonderful time with you guys. Thank you so much. Thank, Thank you. you. Good thanks. All right. Monster talk. Today on Monster Talk, we were talking to Ty Bordoni, formerly of the Weekly World News, about tabloid newspapers and the chronicles of Bat Boy. Monster Talk is hosted by Blake Smith. Ben Radford, Managing Editor of Skeptical Inquirer, and Dr. Karen Stolzno, blogger, skeptic, and paranormal researcher. Want to comment on the show? Come visit the Skeptic Forum at skepticforum.com. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter. Links to that info is on our website at monstertalk.org. Monster Talk is produced with the help of Skeptic Magazine. Just a reminder, it's almost Halloween, and Skeptical Inquirer has out a special monster edition, which includes articles by Joe Nickel, Ben Radford, myself, and many other skeptics whose names you may recognize. Theme music for Monster Talk is by Pete Stealing Monkeys. The views expressed on this show are not necessarily those of the Skeptic Society or Skeptic Magazine. Thanks for listening. To stay abreast of the latest from Skeptic Magazine and the Skeptic Society? Want cutting-edge skeptical articles delivered straight to your inbox every week? Then subscribe to eSkeptic, the free electronic newsletter of the Skeptic Society. Visit skeptic.com to sign up. I'm just looking at the keywords that people have used to get to my website, and one of the phrases is face. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.